Let me bring you greetings from Scott Whiteout, the president of Converge. 1,300 churches uh, worshiping across America. And uh, this past Friday, uh, he was with us at our Christmas celebration in Arlington Heights. And uh, we uh, went out to dinner at the Weber Grill. Have you been there? Oh, wow, we had beer can chicken. I don't know if it's appropriate to have that, but we did. And then uh, it was so delicious. I don't want anybody running out going to Weber Grill. Scott, if you were here, he would say thank you to Springbrook for the help that you give in church planting, sending out missionaries, of which this church has a number, and we're so grateful for that. And uh, he told us something that uh, thrilled my heart. Uh, Springbrook has a loan with the Cornerstone Fund, which I'm the vice president. We've had it for many years here at Springbrook. And I never thought of it from this angle, uh, that because we're faithful in paying the payment every month, other churches get the opportunity to have money loaned to them. And I heard about one of those churches, the Orchard in, in Colorado, and uh, they met in a high school, South familiar, just like we did, it's Jacob's High School over here. Uh, for many, many years, they, 11 years, they met in a high school and they bought property. Great next door to the high school where they had already been meeting. And three weeks ago, they opened and their grand opening. Last Sunday, they had 3,000 people in attendance. Can you imagine? And Christmas time us that that couldn't be possible unless churches like Springbrook continue to pay their loans so that we can loan out other money so that that can happen. We're grateful for that. As God is just a great man of God and God has anointed to be able to lead us uh, in both missions, uh, starting and, and strengthening churches, setting out missionaries, we're grateful for that. The other fellow there that's not quite as good looking as Steve Schultz, he's my boss. And uh, Steve is a great guy. And uh, he said, when you go to Springbrook, make sure you make them an offer they can't refuse. So what can I do? Um, this was our home church. Linda and I attended here for since 1999, Jacobs High School till today. And uh, there's the offer. Just flip on that next slide. If you give us up to five hundred dollars, loan us or invest with us, we'll pay you six percent. Try and beat that, and uh, that's for Springbrook uh, ten month certificate. And you wouldn't believe the phone calls we're getting. Everybody wants six percent, and uh, so it's a limit of five hundred dollars, uh, and you can have that today. And then the next one, if you don't want that, you can have the three point two five percent for five year certificate, and uh, you you loan it to us. We loan it out to churches, and uh, then when they pay us back the loan this year, we're going to give a gift of $1.7 million to Converge to do the church planting program of the conference and sending on victory. So we're grateful for your support and grateful for the ability to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only in America, but around the world in terms of our missionaries. I was a little disappointed this morning with Springbrook. I got it, right? And when I came in early, I was walking around talking to people. Now, somebody said, Oh, Dr. Lou, you got, you got a new haircut. <laughs> well, living in Florida, lived there a year, but I said, It's still the same. I know it's short. And then somebody else came up and said, Dr. Lou, you got a tan. And I said, Yeah, I said, I got a tan living in Florida to do that for you. But Linda and I, a week ago, or a couple of weeks ago, I had to go to Hawaii and suffer for God. 
And uh, there you get a nice brown tan. And, uh, but I, did I tell you I was disappointed? Because not one person came up to me and said, Oh, Dr. Lewis, good to see you. You don't have any glasses on. And that's exactly right. I don't have glasses. I've worn glasses for 40 years. And uh, I went over to the clinic, uh, the K clinic. Does everybody know the K's come to our church here? They, they have an eye clinic over there on Highway 47. And they went ahead and hired this young lady there. And the Bill Atkinson also at that time shared that she just works with the K. And uh, she looked at my eyes and said, Dr. Petrie, you got cataracts. And I thought it was my glasses were dirty. <laughs> and uh, I had those cataracts and uh, two weeks ago I had cataract surgery. And I want to tell you, it's a miracle of God. And uh, what happened to my eyes, I can see like I'm a 15-year-old kid again. And I'm not 15, I'm very beautiful. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that, that not to be very hard. I can't think of your name, does anybody know? Uh, oh yeah, she's a Petrie. <laughs> Lindsay Petrie, my youngest daughter, over there in the cave. Got my eyes fixed. And I'm so grateful for that. And to be able to do that. You see, there's a lot of spiritual blindness in our world, you know? And uh, at Christmas season, we have the wonderful privilege to lift up the message of the King. Uh, the soon coming King. The King the first time is a baby. Huh? In swaddling clothes, was born in a manger. I've been to that place in Bethlehem and seen with my own eyes uh, where it was. The miracle of God happened. The, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and He identified Himself with us in our sinful condition that you and I might have the opportunity to be reconciled back to God. And that's the message that the world needs to see and hear about this morning. And in our Bibles this morning, you'll want to turn to Matthew chapter 9. And it's a powerful, powerful passage of God's goodness and grace to us who love Him and have been touched by Him. Friend, listen to me this morning. 39 million people in our world are totally blind. There's a billion people in our world that have, have illnesses with their eyes that they need to have fixed. 217 million have moderate or severe distance vision impairment. And 253 million people are blind or vision impaired. And there's all kinds of blindness in our world. And here we have the story of two men that meet Jesus in Matthew chapter 9. Look at what verse 26 says. It's kind of like a little mini Christmas message. And this good news went out into all that land. It's at Christmas time that we hear the good news. It's at Christmas time that we understand God's perfect gift to us in the person and the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when He was going about the villages doing His ministry of healing people and teaching people, that news began to percolate in all of the communities. And as He went along, He, verse 27 tells us, Jesus passed on from there. Two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Have mercy on us, son of David. And after he had come into the house, the blind men came up to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And Jesus touched their eyes, saying, Be it done to you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. 
And Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See here, let no one know about this. In verse 31, But they went out and spread the news about him in all that land. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are here present to the people of Springbrook Community Church. God, we ask that you might speak to us this morning. Your servants are listening. We want to see the glory of our great God revealed to us. Lord, speak to us, move us, make us the people of God that you want to have in this day, we pray. Amen. And you know that I served in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in 1977. I got on a plane, went to retire to Saskatchewan, Canada. There, I began a six-month training period. They taught me three things that I put into practice in my life. I didn't realize I was going to learn them at that time, but I did. Uh, the first one, the thing they taught me was how to shoot. Uh, and with my new eyes, I can shoot the, fly, the eyes of the flies at 50 yards. <laughs> Don't try to run. You ain't going to get far. <laughs> and uh, it was the Mount of Police that taught me how to shoot. I taught all my three girls to shoot. And uh, I got a nephew that shoots. My son-in-law, I'm so proud to say, is the number one sniper trainer in the United States of America. And the United States Marine. And an air marshal. And a policeman. He served God with his whole heart. And... And I gotta give credit to the Mountain, that's what they taught me. The second thing they taught me was, they taught me how to type. <laughs> and my wife was so happy they did, because when I went to seminary, she didn't have to type all my papers anymore, and I could type them, and, uh, even though she still did out of the goodness of her heart. Uh, but the third thing the Mountain Police taught me how to do was to make a U-turn. Huh? Did you ever think about it? Uh, I'd be in that police car, and I'll tell you what, when you came through my radar, I made that car stand up on a dime and I went after you and uh, you were speeding, I got you and you came with me. <laughs> and I just love doing those U-turns. I go up to the parking lots and I practice them all day long. Isn't it a funny thing that a lot of us have the opportunity to make a U-turn in our lives spiritually. And here in our Bible verse here are two blind men. We don't know if they were born blind or they had some ailment. To be blind in Jesus' day was a terrible thing. Huh? And the first thing we see in this passage is the distress of these two men. They hear about Jesus. They know that maybe this man could be the Christ, the anointed one, the one sent by God huh? to heal the blind, to raise the leper up, and to do whatever it was that God had called him to do, and could this possibly be the man that God had sent to save the people from their sin? And you shall call his name Jesus, and it's Jesus that will save them from their sins. And the two men take a chance, and on the side of the road they cry out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And we know by the title that they use for the Messiah, that they did not have a personal relationship at that moment with the Christ. You see, there's a lot of spiritual blindness in our world. I'm so grateful that we've got a president of the United States of America that says we can say Merry Christmas again. Huh? Aren't you glad? Huh? We've got a president that says we're going to say Merry Christmas again. But isn't it strange? Isn't it strange? That in Washington, D.C., the buses on the street
priest had rejected a Roman Catholic head to find the perfect gift this Christmas season. Yes, they said, you can't put those signs on our buses. And someone has said that they're going to be sued. I hope it's President Trump that sues them. Huh? Because at this time of year, we should be able to discover the great and perfect gift that God gives us. At the very right time, the Bible says, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that you and I might come to know the Heavenly Father. We sang it this morning. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Jesus His Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Communion of His Saints. I believe in the local church. And I believe in spring. Don't you? <laughs> I'll never forget that the day I died going to Memphis, Tennessee. Now, Lindsay was a student at the School of Optometry, and my parents got a free eye exam. And I went in there, and this young girl came in. She was a fourth-year student. She looked like she was ten years old. <laughs> and she looked into my eye, and she said, Dr. Petrie, I have to get the ophthalmologist. And so the ophthalmologist came in and looked at my eye, this eye here, and he said, Dr. Petrie, you have a hole in your eye. I said, What? He said, you have a hole in your eye. He said, you need to get to a, a doctor right away. You're going to lose the liquid out of your eye, and you're going to be blind in this eye. Well, I left Memphis right away. We came all the way back to Chicago, and I went down to the Wheaton Eye Clinic, and I made an appointment with Dr. Geezer. Not the old Geezer, the young Geezer. <laughs> the old Geezer started the, the, the clinic and turned it over to his nephew, the young Geezer. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> and there I was in the seat, and I said, I gotta go preach this weekend up west in the Dakotas. And he said, You can't go until this eye's big. I said, Sir, I have to fly the plane. He said, Get in the other room. I got in the other room, and that Dr. Peter came in. I believe it was a miracle of God, and in five minutes he healed my eye. And I'm telling you, it was an act of God. The distress that I had in my life, thinking that I could go blind. And then, five years later, I went over to that clinic. You know that clinic that I'm talking about over there in Highway 47, the K's? <laughs> this is free advertising for the kids I know. <laughs> and that girl, that Lindsay Petrie, came in and looked at this eye, and she said, Dad, you got a hole in this eye. I said, what? She said, I got a hole in this eye. And I had to go back to Peter again. <laughs> The young Jesus, not the old Jesus. And he came, and they touched my eye. And then two weeks ago, I had the cataract surgery. And I tell you what, my whole eyesight, my whole outlook in life has changed. Friends, listen to me spiritually. That's what happened when Jesus comes in your life. There isn't any cancer. There isn't any disease. There isn't any hurt. There isn't any disappointment. There's no distress in life that Jesus cannot take care of. And you may be here this morning thinking, how will I get to school? How will I get through this divorce? How will I get through this financial difficulty? And listen to me, Jesus can take care of it. Can he not? And these two blind men cry out with a loud voice, Son of David! Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And what we need more than anything else this morning is the hand of Jesus to come and touch us and make us whole, to be set free, to have one opportunity to be able to proclaim him, the King of Kings and the 
heart of water. He is the perfect gift of life. And then, not just the distress, but it leads to a discussion. A discussion. And here, as we look at the scripture, we see it so very clear. Jesus says to them, in verse 28, And after he had come into the house, the blind man came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. <laughs> and we realized right at that moment that they entered into a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and that Jesus is who he said he was. And the force, the grammatical force of the Greek right here is this. Do you believe here and now that I'm able to do this? Brothers and sisters, listen to me. I've been a member of this church. I'm still a member. We haven't moved our membership yet. We go to a church plant in Venice, Florida, Linda and I. The bridge. They needed a high school. And we're going back to the high school room. And we're, we're in this church plant. And the reason I go there is because they are a here and now church. They believe in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And brethren, I've come and been a member of this church for 18 years. Why? Because Pastor Dan has taught us and led us by example that we are a here and now church. That Jesus is in control of this church and that he is the one that tells us he is able to do that which he says he will do and he has done it countless times over the years in this place. People's lives have been changed. Children who are wonderful have been saved. And we've seen people discipled over and over again. And the question I leave and I have for you this morning is, do you believe that Jesus right now can meet your need, whatever it might be, that he might get the glory and the honor and the praise that is due his name? This morning, your life and my life, he can do what it is that he said he will do. There I was. Preaching in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, McDermott Ave Baptist Church, a here and now church. The deacon said he would like to go to a prayer meeting, see a prayer meeting in action. He said, Look, at five o'clock that morning, I had to get up, get to the church, and there were the teenagers of the church gathered in the sanctuary, praying for the ministry that I was having in the evening. A week long ministry, we don't do that anymore. Who could ever listen to Dr. Petrie for one whole week? <laughs> they only have me once a year. <laughs> and then, every night, two Pentecostal people would bring a blind man. He had the stick and the glasses, and he would walk in, and they would walk in, and they would sit down. And then finally, on the Thursday night, they came up to me, and they said, we can't bring our blind brother tomorrow night because we have to go to another meeting. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, I so glad the you shook their hand. And then Friday night I got up to preach in Acts chapter 16, verse 31. I never forgot. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be delivered. And that leads us to the third point. The deliverance that was there, the Bible says that Jesus touched their eyes and they were completely healed. And God did the glory for what he does in your life and my life. Huh? Uh, not only a spiritual blindness, but a physical blindness. And God is able to do that. He can do anything that he says. He can do, and you and I know deep in our hearts that He has changed lives for His glory, honor, and praise. And that night, as I was preaching, in walked the blind man. Oh, 
saddened too. When I gave the invitation, I dealt with a couple of people, and when I looked at my right, there was the blind man. I went over to him, and I took him into the back room, and I led him to Jesus. When they came to Helen Keller, and they said to Helen, is there disappointment in your life because God created you blind? And she said, no, no. <laughs> she said, how horrible it would be to have sight and not have vision. <laughs> not have vision. That evening I had the opportunity to lead the blind man to Jesus. When I came under the roof, I was singing the song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I was blind. <laughs> but now I see it. Even though he wasn't physically able to see, he could see better than most people in our world. He could see Jesus for who he really was. He could see him this morning. He is the perfect gift. Huh? And maybe this morning you need to make a spiritual U-turn and say, yes, yes, I need to follow after Jesus. I need to be delivered. I need that touch of God that only God can give. It's only God that can give it. No one else. And I'm so glad that I'm in a church where you folks I love this church. Oh yeah, Dan says, Blue, you are the worst church member I ever had. <laughs> Only come a couple times a year. But then I prayed for Pastor Dan. Lynn and I gave our time and our gift here all those years. Why? Because this is a church that believes the gospel. It believes in the truth of who Jesus is. And then he is coming again. And that you and I have the opportunity to represent Jesus to a lost and dying world the kids we go to school with, to the people we work with. After the ladies that we invite to the Christmas program, I, I met a couple of ladies this morning already that were here because someone took an interest in them and asked them to come to the Christmas program. Oh, that was good. The Christmas season, that Linda, my wife, went across the street over there in Elgin, Illinois, and invited two homosexual men to come to our church here. And they came. We took them to supper. They came to the service later. They said that was the most wonderful church service we'd ever been to. And that the people were so welcoming. Oh, we don't condone the lifestyle. But friends, listen to me. God loves the sinner. He loved me. He reached out and touched me at the most important time of my life. Terry had AIDS. Now he's got it. Donnie, a Roman Catholic man, living his life, Linda, God bless her soul. This week, as she came to us and knocked on his door to see how he was doing. Why? Because we love him. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believed in him. Should not perish, but everlasting life. Oh, if only we can experience that power, that deliverance, and that relief, and make a spiritual U-turn in our lives if we need to. Then, for the 
statement of other people in the glory of God. Then, quickly, fourth point is this. Jesus, after delivering them and healing them, says to them, in verse 30, their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See here! Let no one know about this. About discharging these men, Jesus is very stern. He commands them with a start. Don't tell anyone! <laughs> but I think deep down his heart, Jesus knows that they can't remain silent. They've been set free. They can see. And they've had that new relationship built into their lives to be able to have that happen. And then the fifth point is this, the departure, verse 31. Then they went out and spread the news about him in all that land. Jesus tells these men to tell no one and they tell everyone. He tells us to tell everyone and we tell no one. We're both disobedient. Is the reason that we are disobedient because we do not really believe that he is able. Friends, we need to make a spiritual U-turn. If that's true this morning, you do not believe that he is able. Make that turn. Say, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you can change me. I believe that I can be the person that you want me to be this morning. Are you that person? The Christmas season, what a great time of the year. It is the most perfect gift that God has ever given. Jesus Christ has given to us freedom. That we might take his name and allow his name to set people free. The name of Jesus. There I was in Dickinson, North Dakota. <laughs> Don't go visit there in the winter. It's a horrible place. And there, I did a seminar on a Saturday. By Saturday night, I was dead tired. But as I got back to my hotel room in the big hotel, I said, I'm going to go down to the sauna and maybe go in the hot tub. So I got down there, I went in, and the lights were all out. It was late at night, the place was closed, and I thought, well, I'll just get into the hot tub. So I did. I got in the hot tub, I closed my eyes, and I was just reflecting on the day's work, and all of a sudden, the entry bay, the door opened. There I saw the boy. I found out that his name was David. He was about 10 years old. He made his way into the solder room. And I watched him roll out the wall as he made his way across. And then he climbed into the hot tub with me. And he, he said, Mr. You like cable TV? I looked at him. I hadn't said a word. I didn't know how he knew I was in the tub. He was totally blind. Ten years old. I, I looked at him and I said, well, son, I don't know cable. And he said, you know what, mister? When I grow up, I want to be a cable TV repairman. I said, what? <laughs> You're blind. <laughs> You can't even watch TV? How are you going to fix this? I didn't say that. In my mind and my heart, I'm thinking, why is this kid in the hot tub with me? And he said to me, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. And he said, what's that? And I thought a little bit more, and I said, well, it's kind of like being a priest. Oh, he said, I said, I try to help people find their way to heaven. Oh, he said, when I grow up, 
But that boy was in that hot tub. Not for him to be me, but for me to be him. Because that little boy had an insight that we all need to have. That you and I have the opportunity to live the life of Jesus right here, right now. So that people with spiritual blindness would have their eyes open. They might find their way to heaven. Make that turn this morning in your life. Let that happen this Christmas season. Let's fill this sanctuary with people that we've invited to talk to about Jesus. Can we do that? I tell you we can. That we might see people come and might open their hearts to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We know that Christmas hymn we all learned it in school. I'm sure we did. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. Let's stand together and sing it through a couple of times. Oh, come let us adore Oh, come let us adore Him. Oh, come let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. We'll give Him all the glory. We'll give Him all the glory. We'll give Him all the glory.
Pastor.